right away tonight. Is that all right? Okay, so let's open our Bibles to, Hebrew, to uh, Romans, rather, chapter 8, Romans 8, and uh, we're going to read uh, three verses from there, Romans 8, verse 28 through 30. Praise the Lord. Romans 8 and verse 28 through 30. Everybody have that? All right, we're reading from the New King James Version. If you don't have that version, it's on the screen in front of you, so you can read along with us tonight, okay? Ready? Read. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. These he also glorified. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for each person. I pray tonight especially that your people would have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive the word of God tonight. I pray that, Father, you'd anoint me uh, to minister the word of God to your people tonight in a very clear way. And I pray, Father, that there'll be no hindrance to the flow of the word. I even take authority over any distraction in the atmosphere, Father. Let the atmosphere be clear so that your word can flow freely, Lord, and your word can move swiftly and be glorified among your people. And then I ask you, God, to confirm your word with signs following in our lives, Father. Let your word, Lord, be confirmed by changes, by upgrades in our lives so that, God, we will be walking around and making the word of God attractive, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right, we're talking tonight on the uh, third part of this, uh, what we've been on tonight, heavenly estate. Everybody say heavenly estate. Heavenly estate. We've been talking about this spiritual law of, of uh, exaltation, right? Well, we know Matthew uh, talks about it. Matthew 23, 12 says whoever uh, humbles himself, uh, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted, right? So to be humble means to be put down low. To be exalted means to, raise, to be raised up, right? That's pretty simple. And so if you want to be exalted, then your job is to humble yourself. Because if you exalt yourself, God will make sure you're humbled. Okay? He'll, he'll make sure of it. But if you will humble your own self, then God will make sure you're exalted. It's a spiritual law. Everybody say a spiritual law. Spiritual law. Uh, we know about physical laws, laws of nature, laws of physics, things like that. Uh, they are, um, they, they work like spiritual laws. For example, everybody understands the law of gravity, that if you jump off of a building, all right, I don't care whether you're black, I don't care whether you're white, I don't care if you're Hispanic, I don't care if you're poor or rich, I don't care if you're fat or skinny, everybody's going to go down. Maybe at different rates, but everybody's going to go down, <laughs> right? Because it's a law, okay? So this is a spiritual law. He says, if you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. If you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. I want to show you something real quick. In Ezekiel 28, Ezekiel 28, I want to show you an example of a guy who exalted himself and ended up being humbled. Okay? Ezekiel uh, 28, let me find it. Glory to God. I don't have time to read all of it, but you can read it all of it in your own time. I'll start at verse 14. Verse 14. Okay? Verse 14, this passage is about, you read a little earlier, uh, the Bible calls a guy named, uh, called the king of Tyree, but this is a picture of Satan, Lucifer. Y'all remember Lucifer? People watching TV shows about Lucifer now. That's crazy, that's nuts. 
people playing with Lucifer like he's a, he's a fictional character. Lucifer is real. The devil is real. That's why what happens today in Parkland happened today because Lucifer is real. Okay? So don't play with Lucifer. All right? Now, this is a story about Lucifer here. Verse 14, it says, you were the anointed cherub. Lucifer was, was an angel from, of God, okay, who covers. The Bible says, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Verse 15, watch this. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. If you were to go back up in, in verse uh, 12 and 13, it describes his perfection, his beauty, all right? But he says, you were perfect in your ways from the days you were, you were created till or until iniquity was found in you. Okay? Now, the iniquity we, we find out is pride. Verse 16 says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence. Filled with violence within. So any violence you see in the world is not an act of God. It's not God plucking, plucking little flowers out of the garden. It's not God. Violence is of the devil. You understand that? It says, and you sinned. Therefore, what happened? I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up. See, he exalted himself. Because of your beauty, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Because you were so beautiful. Oh, look at me. This, I mean, the devil had it going on. You read about his description. I mean, he was beautiful. Okay? It's Lucifer. Okay? He became the devil. Okay? He says, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You can keep reading in your own time. So in other words, we see, I just wanted you to see here, this law of, of exaltation or this spiritual law that because, the, because Satan, Lucifer, exalted himself, God cast him down. Okay? But let's go to the flip side. Everybody say flip side. Flip side. Let's go to Philippians, please. That's the New Testament. Philippians chapter 2, Philippians 2 and verse 5, glory to God. I love this here because this is our example right here. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Isn't that interesting that you and I can have the same mind as Jesus? We're told to have the same mind as Jesus. You can't be like Jesus. We're told to be like Jesus. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, verse 6, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He's telling you to have that same mind. I won't, I won't mess with that. I know I have guests. Y'all probably couldn't handle what I tell you about being equal with God. But he says, verse 7, but, but made himself of no reputation. Now, what is he doing? He's humbling himself. He knew who he was, but he's not exalting himself. The devil exalted himself and was thrown down. Jesus Christ is humbling himself. It says, he says here, but made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, what happened? He humbled himself and even the death of the cross. So for Jesus Christ to die, he had to humble himself. Do you understand that? He had to come down to down the cross. Yeah. 
Oh, man, that's, that's there's so much I can say with that. Because, you know, they couldn't kill Jesus. The Bible called him the Prince of Life. You, you couldn't kill the Prince of Life. You, you can't kill the author of life. There was one time they were going to kill him. They, they all gathered around. They were going to throw him off of a cliff. And the Bible says he just walked right through them. They couldn't kill him. Glory to God. For him, in order for Jesus Christ to die, he had to humble himself and make himself die. He had to die by faith. He had to access a grace to die because he's, he's, he was, he, he, he's the prince of life. You understand that? And, and uh, so they couldn't kill him. He had to lay his own, his own head down, lay his life down. All right? So that took humility. Now look at what it says. Verse 7. Therefore, God also has done what? Right, um, verse, verse 9. I'm sorry. Verse 9. Therefore, God also has highly. Now remember, what did he do? He humbled himself. Therefore, God highly exalted him. This is, this is the spiritual law, how it works. So if you exalt yourself, act like a devil, you'll be humbled. But if you humble yourself, act like Jesus. Do I have any Jesus freaks in here? If you, no, not none of y'all. If you act like Jesus, you'll be exalted, highly exalted. Glory to God. It says, give him the name. He's given him the name. The name. Which is above, which is above every name, that at the name of every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So God raised him up and gave him a name that's above every name. Now, in other words, can I, can I just explain it to you real quick? In other words, before he humbled himself and, and, and became obedient, his name was a usual name. Today, you and I, we call on his name, and his name has power. But when his, back before, his name didn't have any power. Before he went to the cross, his name was just Jesus. He wasn't the only Jesus in town. There are many people, just like there are many Johns and many Pauls and many Peters. There are many Lukes. And there, are many, there were many of them. But when he humbled himself, and became obedient, then God exalted him and then made his name something. God wants to make your name great in the earth. Oh, y'all better hear me. That's what God told Abraham. God told Abraham, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a name, make you a great name in the earth. God wants to make your name stand out. Which means you don't do it yourself. If you try to do it yourself, you'll be cut down. You understand that? All right, now. So we've been looking at this scripture here, 1 Peter 5 and 6. 1 Peter 5 and 6. Glory to God. I'm going to move quickly. So if you don't have uh, Bible fingers, then just follow on the screen. Amen? 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. We've been on, on this scripture here where uh, Peter said, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that what's going to happen? That he may exalt you. In due time, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now, I want to give you this, this word again because some of you all are guests. First time seeing this. When he says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Well, what does he mean to exalt me? Okay, let's see what that, that word means. That word exalt 
It comes from a Greek word, hypsao. Hypsao, look at what it means. It means to lift up on high. This is what God will do to you. Tell your neighbor, this is what God wants to do for you. It, he wants to lift you on high. It means he wants to exalt you. Metaphorically, or, or the voice of this Greek word, what it means is he wants to raise you to the very summit. Do we understand summit? Don't go too fast on me now. What does summit mean? It means the top. So this is what, if you humble yourself under God's hand, he wants to raise you to the very top of opulence, come on, and prosperity. Now, I don't know I'm trying to deal with that. Most of y'all couldn't handle that if I did tonight. But opulence is, 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 uh, is just, you know, glory to God. Opulence is not one, two star, three star. That's not opulence. Do y'all, anybody here, you understand opulence? When I say opulence, you understand what I mean? Okay, so I don't have to explain. Okay, so you understand opulence. So the Bible says, this, this is, this, I'm not making this up, right? So God wants to raise you up to the top of opulence and prosperity. So this is God's idea. Prosperity is God's idea, right? Then it says, I, I won't stay there. Then it says to exalt or to raise to dignity, honor, and happiness. So God wants to raise you to dignity. You don't have to dignify yourself. God wants to dignify you. And God wants you dignified. God doesn't want you being, you know, hood rich and being a hoochie mama and being a... Don't shut me down because I'm preaching good. God doesn't want you, you know, you're, you're sagging. That sagging is not dignified, brother. Oh, I can sag. You can sag if you want to, but that's just not dignified. You understand? It's, it's, your, it's a free country. You can sag all you want to. I'm just saying, God wants, wants to... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Dignity. Honor. I can't get no respect. Not when God, when God honors you, you'll have respect more respect than you know what to do with. Then he says, and happiness. Most of the, of the world spends their lives in pursuit of their own happiness, trying to make themselves happy. And so they turn to, to artificial means to obtain happiness. They think they turn to a relationship for happiness. I know it's Valentine's Day, but I'm going to talk about you. They turn to... To, to relationships because they're going to make me happy. How many of y'all ever had a relationship and you weren't happy? Yeah. Don't raise your hand if, if you're sitting next to them. Just. <laughs> or you're sometimes happy, sometimes mad, sometimes happy, sometimes sad, sometimes happy, sometimes you want to choke them. <laughs> That's not God. No, God wants you to be happy all the time. Can't nobody be happy all the time. Oh, yes, you can. If, if you allow God to give you the genuine means of happiness and stop trying to find your own means to happiness. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to be happy. Tell somebody else, somebody else God wants you to be happy, happy, happy. 
Glory to God. No, well, we talk about joy in church. Yeah, we talk about joy in church. Yeah, I know we talk about joy in church, but God wants you to be happy too. Joy, no, see, then we get all religious, religiously deep. No, no, see, joy is on the inside. Mm-hmm. But happiness is on the outside. People can't really see your joy. But they can see your happiness. Glory to God. Oh, God wants you to have joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy, can I just mess with y'all? Joy is there. Joy is a constant. Joy is there. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or if you're, if you're broke. Joy is there. It doesn't matter if you're strong and virile in your body or if you've got sickness in your body. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. That's, a, that's the result of a fruit of a Spirit-led, Spirit-yielded life. But you know when you're happy? When things are going well. Don't, come on now. I see y'all. Y'all are deep. Y'all are deep. Y'all are deep. Y'all are so deep for me. Y'all are so deep. Now, you know when you're happy? When, when, when your boost think is acting right. When your boost think not giving you a hard time, that's when you, tell, tell the truth now. You know, and you get silly people today who say money don't make you happy. They are lying. Right now, everybody happy. Tax time, everybody happy. Everybody happy. Praise God, they happy. I mean, we might as well just be honest. You walk in the, you walk in the grocery store, and you got to feed your family, and all you have is $20. You ain't happy. You stress. You walking down aisle looking for BOGO. BOGO, they got a BOGO, they got a BOGO. Man, you're, not, you're not happy then. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. You got to go home. It's the, it's, it's the dead of summer, and it's hot as fish grease outside, and you can't turn your AC on. You ain't happy. You ride in your car, and you got to roll the windows down and go 80 miles an hour. You ain't happy. Tell the truth. Oh, you can still have joy. See, church folk, church, I'm going to just mess with y'all church folk. Church folk try to be all religiously deep. I got joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Yeah, I understand. But the folk outside can't see that joy. They see you when you're happy. And so God says, I want to raise you up to the summit, to the top. I want to give you dignity, honor, and happiness. And he said, all you got to do is humble yourself before me, which means, remember what Jesus did, he humbled himself and became obedient. So, I'm way off track here. But your, well, we on track with the Holy Ghost. Your obedience to God and his will is what's going to lead you to happiness. Get Jeremiah 29, verse 11 on the screen. Get Jeremiah 29, verse 11 on the screen. Glory to God. Glory to God. This, listen, I want you to listen to what God says here. This is God talking. Y'all trust me on that? If you don't trust me, go back and read the whole chapter. You'll know it's God. Okay, good. Okay, it says the Lord. So y'all don't, I don't want anybody to think I'm making this up. I don't make stuff up. That's why we use plenty of scripture. Okay? We don't have to make stuff up. It's all good. If you just go, it's in the book. It's good. That, that's a <laughs> Sad Christians don't know the book. 
broke down, poverty minded, <laughs> going through all the time. Christians, they don't know the book. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. That didn't impress you. Give me that and amplify. Give me an amplify. Amplify Bible. Glory to God. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare. Not, it's not talking about government welfare. It's not talking about no SNAP program. And you know, they're they talking about taking a little SNAP program. You know that, right? We're going to pause my clock. You know they're talking about trying to take your little SNAP program, right? Then that mess with my snap, they trying to snap your snap. They want to go back to government cheese and government peanut butter. And this is what they're talking about, putting together a little box. Y'all saw this, and it's not me, y'all saw this, right? Don't depend on the government. I don't care who's in office. <laughs> God's in office. God, I said, is in office. And what <laughs> God, when God says welfare, he means for you to fare well, to do well, doing good in the neighborhood, and peace, and not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. That helped you a little bit. All right, give me the NIV. Give me the New International Version of Jer Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Glory to God. Verse 6 might be cool, but I want verse 11. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Woo-wee. Plans. Come on. Plans to what? Come on now. Plans to what? Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. But what, what has to happen, ladies and gentlemen, to get there, because this is, this is going to make me happy. Anybody want to be happy? I just want to be happy. I knew my, my wife was going to sing. She always sings everything. My wife sings everything. So I just beat her to it. And if you want to be happy, though, then you've got to find out his plans. And his plans are in the book. And if you spend enough time in the book, then the author starts to speak to you. You know the book, the author's still alive, right? The author, that book still speaks to us today. And so when I let the author speak to me, he gives me even more specifics on his plan for my life. But once I hear those plans, I have to now humble myself and become obedient. I've got to become obedient. And the reason why most people don't arrive at this level of happiness, I'm not talking about that fake happiness off of a drink. I don't mean fake happiness because happiness you don't smoke a little, a little, a little, you know, little herb, little, they don't call it herb today. It's, you know, all, it's all kind of names. It's ganja and spliff and green and, you know, Mary Jane back in the day and all that kind of stuff. Praise the Lord. All right, y'all come back. That's, that's a fake happiness. This man or that woman, that's a fake happiness. 
But real happiness comes from the plans of God. And so once I learn his plans, now I've got to submit myself, become uh, humble, and become obedient to the death, to the death of my own plan, to the death of my own agenda. Well, I don't want to do that. Just do it. How many times, parents, have you, have you given your child an instruction and they didn't want to do it, but you knew that the outcome, if they would follow your plan, if they would do what you just told them to do, it would turn out better. How many of y'all... And they poke their little lip out. Mess around and suck one of their little teeth. That's the one you take out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Throw out their little imagination, you pop them right on that imagination right there, right? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't, uh, don't knock them teeth out. Don't knock the teeth out. So I gotta, I've got to humble myself because God knows the plans he has and that his plans are way better than mine. Give me another scripture here. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10 amplified. Ephesians 2 verse 10 amplified. Glory to God. Ephesians 2 verse 10 amplified. For we are God's own handiwork. Can y'all read that? Can y'all see it? For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. So God created you. God formed you. Okay? It says recreated in Christ Jesus. So you were created by God naturally, but, and you were born in sin. You were shaped in iniquity because you were born in this natural world. So you were born with a natural uh, proclivity, uh, propensity, uh, tendency to sin to, um, to, to, towards death, towards uh, misery. But when we get born again, we are recreated. You understand that? If any man be in Christ, come on, he's a new creature. All things, come on, are passed away and all things. Okay, that's 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 for those you need, need to write it down. All right? So here we are recreated in Christ Jesus. We are born anew that we may do those good works which God. So there are good works that are predestined or planned beforehand. So God already had a plan for your life before you arrived. God knows how to get you to your happy place. Praise God. <laughs> As, can I just tell you something? God knows you better than you know you. Can you believe that? God knows you way better, much better than you know you. Glory to God. Right now. If I were to look in your face and tell you, hey, there's, there's something on the side of your face, you, you, you didn't know that, did you? Because if you had known it, you would have gotten off in faith. Because you can't see yourself. I'm just talking about in the natural. So much more in the spiritual realm. God who made you and formed you himself. He knows everything about you. He knows, he knows what will really make you happy. Come on. You looking for tall, dark, and handsome, you might need short, bald, and, 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 and uh, you know, half good looking or whatever. Because that's the, that's the one that's going to really make you happy in the end. Tall, dark, and handsome, he, he as cute as you are. He, he spent more time in the mirror than you spend in the mirror. Come on now. 
You want your nails done, you can't get your nails done because he getting his nails done. He getting a pedicure before you get a pedicure. Come on now. Take you five minutes of lotion, take him ten minutes of lotion. <laughs> That's what I want. No, you don't know what you want. You don't know what you want. So God knows what kind of relationship. God knows what kind of house you'll really be happy in. What kind of job, what kind of career you'll really be happy in. God knows all that. He knows you much better than you know yourself. So he has these uh, good works which he's predestined or, pre or planned beforehand for us. Then it says taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. So there is a path that God prepared ahead of time for you. How many of y'all you use GPS? You know what I mean by that, satellite tracking, whatever. And you mean, there's already a path that's laid out. Now the thing with GPS is they, they let you choose different routes, one, two, three, whatever. But see, with God, he doesn't, he doesn't operate that way. See, there's a way that seems right, your Bible says, to a man, but the end thereof is death or destruction. So when you go with the way that seems right, you're going to end up in trouble. That's you exalting yourself. I'm smart enough. I know what I want out of life. I know how to do this. I'm smart enough. I've earned this. That's you operating in your own mind and your own intelligence, your own intellect. But you can't operate like that. Glory to God. Um, let me finish this here. Then he says that we should uh, walk in them living the good life. Now notice the last part of this here. If we do the good works that he predestined, take the paths which he prepared, then we'll live the good life which he prearranged. Oh, thank you, Kirkland. Is this helping anybody else here to know that God has already prearranged a good life for you? Remember, we read in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I know my thoughts. I know my plans that I have for you to give you a future, to give you a hope, to give you an expected end. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. Plans to prosper you. So God knows that. So he knows the way. But the key is, is can I humble myself down enough to follow his plan? Can I set my own intellect aside? Can I set, watch this, this is a big one. Can I set human reasoning aside? The Bible didn't say the just shall live by reason says the just shall live by faith. So when, when you are walking by faith, you're obedient to God, serving God, you've got to set human reasoning aside. When man has their philosophy, their ideas, their way of doing things, you don't just say, oh, that's a no-brainer. You can't just, there, there are no no-brainers with God. If everything for you is a no-brainer, you're in trouble. You're going to get in, in big trouble. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll show you something here in a minute. I, I got Ten minutes left. Praise the Lord. Now, <clears throat> so there's a good life. Everybody say a good life. Good life. Now, you understand happiness is in that good life, right? Yeah. You understand prosperity is in that good life, right? Yeah. You understand long life is in that good life. Yeah. 
That means you're not living long, living life and you're sick all the time. Oh, help me somebody. You're not worried and panicking about the flu. Flu is not included in the good life. Well, you got to have the flu. You know, you don't got to have nothing. Everybody's going to die of something. No, Moses didn't die of anything. Abraham didn't die of anything. Paul didn't die of anything. They all said, oh, I'm done. <laughs> all right, you, you can just chew on that when you get home. Glory to God. So you don't have to, you don't have, to have anything less than a happy life. Than the life God has for you. Because God has raised us up to a heavenly estate, okay? Now remember now, we read in, in Philippians 2 verse 8 about how Jesus humbled himself. He became obedient. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Glory to God. When God highly exalts you, he sets you above circumstances. You got it? All right, now, so God wants to exalt his people because Jesus Christ didn't go through all the things he went through. Jesus went through some, through some horrific things. He went through the death of the cross. The cross was not some cute little, you know, the, the, cro the cross wasn't, you know, the gas chamber. The gas chamber is cute compared to the cross. The cross wasn't the electric chair. The electric chair is cute compared to the cross. He wasn't some death by firing squad. That's, that's nice compared to the cross. The cross is a long, agonizing death. It's, it's, a, it's a gradual torture and, a, and a, even just a greater torture moment by moment until all the life is sucked out of you. The way they, they hang people on the cross, they nail their, put a nail on their hands and their feet. That's what we saw. Jesus Christ was the only one crucified. That was a, a regular way of uh, Roman, Roman uh, execution, right? Right? And they, they suspend them there, and they would try to lift themselves up so they could breathe. The problem is they couldn't do it because they'd get weak, and they'd actually suffocate. All right, let me ask you, any of y'all ever, ever struggle to catch your breath? That's a horrible feeling, isn't it? That's what in the cross, how they go through that. <gasps> Gasping for breath. Besides the fact they pierced him in his side. Besides the fact they put a crown of thorns on his head. Pressed it upon his head till blood came running out. Besides the fact they said they plucked his beard out. You ever had somebody pull a hair bump? Pull a hair out of a hair bump? That's... But imagine the hairs. Some of y'all women, you, you get tweezed. I know some of y'all, they're doing that threading thing now. So the women know what I'm talking about, right? Jesus had his beard plucked out hair by hair. This is all torture. Before getting on the cross, they whipped him with something called a cat of nine tails. Now, I've been whipped with some good belts. I grew up with a crazy mom and daddy. Some of y'all, I, I got whooped by syllables. Lie, steal, cheat, good. Fornicate, no, don't fornicate. That's too many syllables. <laughs> too many syllables. Jesus was whipped 39 stripes with a whip that had bones, fragments in it, that every time that whip came on his back, it ripped his flesh from his back to the point his organs were even exposed. All that 
Now, he went through all that for us, just for us to just squeak by, <laughs> to just barely just be saved and struggling strain on our way home. No. He did all that so you and I could be exalted. You understand? He came down, he humbled himself so we could be exalted. He didn't humble ourselves so we could be humbled. We were already humbled. We were already a mess. He humbled himself so you and I could be exalted. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's read Romans 8, 28. Let's, let's go back there here in this last few minutes we have here. Romans 8, 28. Is this helping anybody tonight? Yes, sir. Glory to God. He didn't want us to live little. He wants us to live big. Glory to God. Romans 8 and 28. <clears throat> Let me turn over there. For we know that all things, and we know that all things work together for good to those who, are, who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So God has a purpose for your life, right? Verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God foreknew, he predestined for us to be conformed to the image of his son. Then it says, verse 30, moreover whom he predestined, these he also called. Now, this is all past tense, right? These he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. So when he called you and you got saved, he justified you or made you right. So you and I, if we're saved, we're made right with God. We're in perfect right standing with God. Got it? And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Everybody say glorified. glorified. All right, now. This word glorified here, this word glorified, I gave this to you last week. The Greek word doxazo, can we see what it means? It means to honor. Now, this is what he did. This is what he's done on the inside of you already. To honor, to hold in honor, to make glorious, to adorn with luster. Hallelujah. That's glitterati right there, right? To clothe with splendor. To impart glory to something. This is what God has done on the inside of you. Now, I got to say this because many of y'all look at me strange, and I understand some of you, this may be new, new uh, information to you. But, see, the, the devil's been fighting to keep you from knowing this. He's been fighting to keep you from knowing who you are. Because he knows if you never, never discover who you are, then, then you also never discover uh, what you have. And so you'll accept a low level of, li of living, a low lifestyle. You'll accept, you know, uh, being sick. That's why in the church, people still testify about, thank God, for a reasonable portion of health and strength. Reasonable portion of health and strength. No, you have a right to full health and strength. You have a right to, Jesus Christ didn't die for you to just barely be happy. No, he, he died and rose again for you to have divine health and divine life. Don't tell me you know all this and you're taking every medicine you can get your hand on. Humble yourself and become obedient and let God minister total healing to you. Let God minister divine life to you. Glory to God. Stop acting like you know everything. 
Glory to God. If we're bound and skating by financially, that's not God's plan. His plan is for you to live in abundance, John 10, 10. Right? He can't that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So if you're just, you know, well, you, you got you to gotta wait for tax time to, to, to get something done, that's not, that's not the kind of life God has for you. Now, the, 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 the problem is if the devil keeps us from discovering who we are, we'll continue to live like that because that's what we think that's all we can have. As a matter of fact, you'll keep backtracking into, into, into living like the world because you don't realize you've been made the righteousness of God. So every time the devil comes along with some little temptation, you're like, well, I'm just a man. You're not just a man. What do you mean you're just a man? I'm only human. No, you're, what do you mean you're only human? You used to be only human, but you've been born anew. You've been recreated in Christ Jesus. You're made in the image and likeness of God. You have a new divine nature on the inside of you. You don't have a sin nature anymore. Now if you're going to go into sin, you've got to actually force your way into sin. Oh, that's too, that's too heavy for a Wednesday, I know. So where I leave off here? Where I leave off? Um, in in uh, glorified. All right, to clothe with splendor, to impart glory to something, to render it excellent, to make renowned. Glory to God. To render illustrious. Now, this is the part I want to make sure you see here. To cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to become manifest and acknowledged. That's what God wants to do in you and me. It's to cause our dignity and worth to become manifest and acknowledged. He wants what's on the inside of you to be revealed on the outside of you. But you got to first know what's on the inside of you. You got to first know who you are. You have to first know whose you are. You have to first know who's inside you. And once you do that, now you're, you're ready to have something exposed. You remember Jesus Christ, uh, the Bible talks about this story in Matthew 17, also in Mark chapter 9, this story of when Jesus Christ went up on the mount, we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. Any of y'all remember that story? Went up there with Peter, James, and John. And the Bible says he was trans, transfigured before them. In fact, I want to show, so give me Matthew 17, I think it's around verse 2. Right, right around verse 2. It says, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone or shined like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Now, his, his, his face shined like the sun, bright. Now, where is this coming from? It's coming from inside of him. His face is not reflecting the sun. His clothes aren't reflecting the light. It's something coming from inside of him. He's transfigured. His trans means across or change. He's changed in his figure. It's the same, that word transfigured is the same word that we have in Romans 12, verse 2, when it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed or be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. It's the same word. So what happened to Jesus Christ on that day was what the glory that was on the inside of him was revealed on the outside of him. 
So God has, has, oh my God, he's given you an equal amount of glory. Oh, I know that's heavy for some of you. He's given you an equal amount of glory to, as Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> give, give, me, give me Romans 8. Let, let's do this and we'll finish. I'm going to close my Bible. Romans 8, because I got to baptize. Romans 8, verse 14. Glory to God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are who? So we're learning who we are, right? Keep going, please. Verse 15. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out. Abba Father. Verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are? So the Holy Ghost testifies on the inside of us to make sure you know who you are. Okay? Verse, seven, verse 17. And if children... Now we already know we are. He's just saying, so if we are, then we are heirs. Heirs of persons who inherit something. Heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. My wife and I have joint banking. Joint banking, which means we have equal access. Which means if my wife goes out next week and she, she lands her a $10 million contract, if she puts that money in our joint banking, what's hers is mine. I have equal access and she can't say nothing. And I know some of y'all husbands and wives are like, oh, I ain't on the, I'm just telling you how it operates now. So when we are joint heirs, we have joint accounts. So whatever is his is ours if we make sure whatever is ours is his. That's what joint means. We are joint heirs. We have equal share. How do I know? It says, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, let me just show you, show you one thing. Give me that, that word, uh, uh, glorified together, is the, is the Greek word syndoxazo. We read doxazo, right? This is syndoxazo, which means to exalt in dignity, to exalt to dignity in company, i.e. similarly. Which means, that means you and I have been glorified in the same way as Jesus. You and I have not been made less than Jesus. I wish some of y'all church folk could get this. We have not been made lower than Jesus. We, the Bible says God has raised us up together with Christ and made us sit together in him in heavenly places. We are seated right next to God. Ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? Do you have any clue? Who you really are? You're not some little man, some worm. You're not some little wretched. You're not some just, you know, I'm just a bad. No, you are a born again child of God. You've been glorified together with Christ. I'm out of time. But I need you to see this. You and I have been given equal access to God with Christ. You and I have been given the same glory. In fact, Jesus prays this prayer before he leaves the planet, before he, before he goes to the cross. In John chapter 17, he says this to the Father. He's praying for his disciples. He said, Father, I want you to give them the same glory you gave me. 
that was a divine request from Jesus to the Father. Give them the same glory that you gave me. Ha, 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 ha. Isn't that great? So you're not sitting next to nobody. You're not sitting next to nothing. You're not sitting next to some peon. So don't let anybody pee on you. Did he say that? Yes, he said that. Don't let people trample all over you. Don't let don't go around being disrespected and act like that's normal. Well, you know, I'm just you would, no, you are somebody. Walk with some dignity. Lift your head up. Square your shoulders. Stick your chest out. We tell them, give a firm handshake. People come in there, don't they give an old soft, fishy handshake. Don't look me in the eyeballs. Right? When you know who you are. Now that comes from the inside. Now this is not you doing this on your own. This is you allowing God to do this in your life. Tell your neighbor, God has a plan for your life. He wants to make you really happy. Don't make yourself happy. Let God make you happy. God knows how. God knows when. God knows where. God knows what. And God knows who. Let him do it. Amen? Father, thank you tonight for the word that we've received. Thank you for each person who's gathered here to hear the word. I pray that in this brief time that something has been said to prick the hearts of each man, woman, boy, and girl. God, it is your desire. You need us to know who we are. We are in the revealing year. And that glory that's on the inside of us, you need that glory to be manifested. You need that glory to be acknowledged. You need that glory to be seen. You said, Father, that the earth will be covered with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And that glory you've placed on the inside of us. So, God, we're asking you tonight to make your plans clear to us. Make your purpose, make our purpose clear. So we don't waste any more time spinning our wheels trying to find out what you want us to do. Trying to find out what you want us to be. Trying to, try, trying to find happiness on our own. Going from place to place and doing thing to thing and person to person, whatever it is, God. Whatever artificial means we've tried to use to make ourselves happy. God, I thank you that, God, you're the God who makes us happy. Thank you for your wonderful plans. Now I pray that each person who's received the word of God tonight, that the word gets deep down into the soul of their hearts, that the seed will produce the fruit, the tree that you wanted to produce in our lives, that the word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish that which you please and prosper the thing to which you sent it tonight. Let us all, let us all walk in your perfect plan for our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God a grand of praise if you receive the word of God tonight.